Thank you so much to all of our new patrons. Derek Hale, Despionage, Kimberly Baumgartner, Haley Walker, Madison Marquardt, Andrea M., Eric Spiller, Melanie, Brittany Billings, Chenise, Abby, Anna, Justin, Raquel Smith, Shannon Hale, Jasmine Hughes, Betty, Sinead Heffernan, Ben B., M88, Soleil Rennes' daughter, Caleb Olson, Forrest Parker, Caitlin Pop, Christine Lupreet, J.R.E. Cooper, Sarah Galbraith, and Bob. Folks, you are the little chocolate chips in our mocha java frappuccino. Mmm, delicious. And if you'd like to support Book Reviews Kill and gain access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, and monthly giveaways, please click on the link in the description for this episode. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, author Jim Butcher has announced the completion of The Olympian Affair, book two in the Cinder Spires series. In a tweet posted on March 21st, Butcher updated fans with a cheery text saying, quote, just sent The Olympian Affair off to my editor, and quote, first chapter of the next Dresden complete. ETA on writing time about 16 to 18 weeks. The release date for The Olympian Affair has not yet been announced. Yeah, that is, uh, I don't know if you had ever read The Cinder Spires, that first book, The Aeronauts Winless. No, I never have. No, I read The Dresden Files and then the Codex Alera series, but yeah. never, um, never that one. I still haven't read The Aeronauts Winless either, but it came out in September 2015. It came out a Whoa. long time ago. And then everybody was like, that was pretty cool. Where's the next one? And then he just... I think he just had like a bunch of stuff going on. He's just a really busy guy. And mm-hmm. I think some stuff in his personal life um, was just kind of like holding him back from finishing all this stuff that he had been planning on doing. And I think the Dresden Files is like a huge priority of his. But yeah, that's kind of cool. I, I was putting off reading that first book until it was like a finished thing. And it looks like he's kind of back up on that horse. So that's pretty awesome. Is it only a duology or is it going to be three? I, I don't know. Yeah, I think probably I would imagine three. I don't think Butcher would write just a duology, but I think it's like a steampunk, like uh, airship kind of Ooh. thing. You know, the the cover of the Aeronauts Windless looks really cool. Yeah, uh, if you if you're listening right now and you have a second, uh, go check out the cover of the Aeronauts Windless, which is the first one. Uh, I think there's like a talking cat in it or something. I might be getting my uh, <laughs> my my lanes twisted here, but uh, yeah, it's supposed to be pretty fun. Do you spell that? Sorry. Aeronauts Windless, uh, A-E-R-O-N-A-U-T-S, Windless, W-I-N-D. Got it. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've heard it's not like the best stuff he's ever written, but I've also heard it's pretty fun, you know, and with the second one out, um, I'm kind of even more inclined to check it out, but it looks like he's got titles for the next two Dresden books as well. Book 18 is called 12 Months. And book 19 is called Mirror Mirror. He's on book 19. Wow. In the Dresden Files. I thought so there were only many. like 15 of them. Jeez. <laughs> I like only like 15. I've read That's probably so like 13 or 14 of them. Oh, wow. And I just got a little, little, uh, burnt out. Dresden doubt. I yeah. needed to take a little bit of a break. Have you, I know that you've read some of the Dresden Files and it's like not quite your type of cup of tea, though I really enjoyed them. Did you ever read the Codex Alera? I read the first book. Yeah. I've never really finished any butcher series or i don't think he's a bad writer or anything it's just like codex alera felt i I think that first book is kind of like gunslinger syndrome for a lot of people where they Mm. kind of read the first one they're like "Ah, all right but then apparently the rest of the series is really great I thought they got progressively better. Yeah, that's what I've heard for sure. Because the world expands a lot. Like yeah. you, at first you're like, and it's a really interesting idea in that he's, you know, the main character is like the one person in the world without powers. Normally yeah. it's like the one person with powers. He's the one who's like not without power. So their whole society is built around everyone being able to use the magic. Their roads are designed about around. So like he can't even travel as well as everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I remember uh enjoying myself but I, I felt like the first book was really um like long you know and like kind of slow there were cool mm-hmm. parts of it for sure um, and that was kind of in my era where i was like if I, if I didn't like immediately fall in love with the first book i just wouldn't keep going with the series now i kind of commit to series a little bit more if i if i like the book then i'll keep going with it yeah and then with dresden i read the first few books and i was there's something about it that i just didn't I, I couldn't get super into i didn't really like harry as a character too much yeah i remember you saying that yeah but uh 
multiple i get asked about dresden files on pretty much any live that i do and a lot of the videos that i post it's a huge fan base yeah um, and people really like those books and it makes sense because it's such an awesome idea for a book series i mean damn uh, I've also heard that uh, Kevin Hearn is Iron Druid series is very similar in um, like enjoyment factor and like a really good main character and a lot of similar kind of tropes are being used in in those that if you're looking for something that'll kind of like scratch that Dresden Files itch then Kevin Hearn's I think it's Hearn or Hearn or whatever uh, his Iron Druid series is supposed to be awesome but yeah I don't know at some point I feel like you know, James Marsters, he's such an amazing audiobook narrator. That's how I got through uh, three and four. I read one and two, and then I listened to three and four um, on audiobook, and he is a very good narrator. So I think if I ever do go back to Dresden Files, it'll probably be on audiobook. But yeah, I mean, it's not a it's not a never going to happen kind of thing. It's just I, I was kind of like lukewarm on it, and then there's like 19 of them, so... Right. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> if I'm going to commit to something that's ginormous, then you better really like it. I'm looking at um, fan art and the cover of Aeronauts Windless, and it is awesome. Yeah, it looks really so cool. cool. Do yeah. you know what a windless is on a sailboat? No, I don't. Or just on any boat? No, I had no idea. It's the apparatus that raises and lowers the anchor. So, and, and it can be like more broadly defined as like anything that like raises and lowers like heavy objects, but specifically on a boat, it's what raises and lowers the anchor, which I, which I find really clever because this is a airship. So like mm. they probably don't need anchors so much. Cause like, how do you, what do you anchor on in the air? You know? So it's like mm. maybe something it's referring to something like tying the boat down, preventing it from spreading its wings or something. I don't know. It's a cool, cool name and potentially very clever. Oh, is it that thing that like a bunch of guys stand out and then like turn? Yeah. Uh, like the old school days. Now it's like a winch, you know? Oh, okay. If they wouldn't actually have that on a boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, back in the day, yeah, yeah, they were definitely turning it. I'm so glad I have you here for uh, all of our sailing terminology. It's surprisingly relevant so often. <laughs> Only because I make it so. Yeah, we need it. Definitely. What have you been up to this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't on the last week's episode, so I've got some stuff to fill everybody in on. Oh, yeah. We missed you a lot. Uh, thanks, you Chad. Missed. I finished sort of the Sword of Kaigen, and I loved it. Uh, we have a Patreon episode out for that today for all of you. It was beautiful and exciting, jammed full of meaning. Uh, it's an independent author, so it had that nice, like, kind of independent clunkiness. I'll that do was what I super, want. yeah, super endearing. I really enjoyed the structure and everything. Lots and lots of action. Uh, and I'm just all around really happy to have read it and happy to have made an episode with you about it. It was a fun episode for sure. It was I, a really fun episode. Yeah, like I knew we were going to get some uh, some good conversation out of it, but we got even more than I thought we would because it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, if, if you're listening right now and you haven't read The Sword of Kaigen, definitely put it on your list. It's super worth your time. It's it's pretty long. It's like uh, almost 700 pages. So it's like slow burn, like martial arts fantasy, um, which I didn't know I needed, but I did. And Why we did. did I? And it yeah. takes some bold turns. Most yeah. books that we <laughs> yeah. read aren't that bold, I feel like. Yeah. And I really respect an author that can make make those turns i don't want to give it away but can can make some really sudden and abrupt changes in the story and you're just like wow and then continue on in a way that's um enjoyable and not making their story feel hollow you know i'm also uh, just about finished with a book called uh, light from uncommon stars by Rika aoki uh, it's a big mix of different ideas that i feel is handled really really well uh, if anything i think it could have been a bit longer actually i'm almost oh, wow. done with it i've got like almost never pages. that we hear that yeah i know it's it's interesting um because there's so many different things going on in the book like it's packed full of different ideas uh it's about a transgender woman violin prodigy who is basically like homeless at the beginning of the book uh and she's kind of navigating all of that uh when then she meets another woman who has a reputation of bringing violin uh prodigies like young violinists uh, to huge fame and fortune, uh, but then they all have mysteriously disappeared or ended up dead. Uh, and so she meets this woman uh, who apparently has a deal worked out with a demon to deliver said demon the souls of seven different violent prodigies. And then this woman is, uh, is the seventh uh, in on the list. You know what I mean? Uh, also, there's aliens. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's, nice. there's so much going on in this book. Um, and I feel like it jumps around a ton. The writing is great. That, that's like probably the thing that's really like uh, moved me through. I've read it almost all of it in like the last couple of days. 
um, cause it's just been so easy to read. Like the, the writing feels very effortless and, um, just glides along very nicely. Uh, he's very good at writing dialogue, but yeah, I feel like, um, there's some things that I feel like I'm supposed to just kind of take for granted and I'm fine with that, but I would like just some more information on stuff. Something really interesting gets brought up from like the alien side of things in the book. And it's like, oh, that's cool. And they kind of talk about it for a second. And then we're kind of moving on with a different part of the story again, because there's just so many things happening in like this 350 page book. I feel like it could have been a duology or something. It does a really great job at like marrying uh, elements of science fiction, elements of magical realism, things like that. I'm reading it for the uh, like trans rights readathon on TikTok and Instagram right now. We're just kind of like uh, showcasing some books that are either written by trans authors or uh, have trans uh, characters in them and like donating to a fund. And I'll, I'll throw the link to the GoFundMe down there too. Yeah, it's a really awesome book. I'm really glad I'm reading it. Cool. I wonder if that's kind of a, a reference to uh, Niccolo Pagini. He was like a violin genius uh, virtuoso in like the 1700s, like 1780s or something. And everyone thought, because he was so good at such a young age, and he went on these solo tours, and everyone was like, I think this kid sold his soul to the devil for violin skills. And so that was like the rumor for a long time. Um, though I doubt he actually did because he was just really talented, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you've got like Robert Johnson who, you know, sold his soul at the crossroads for, you know, guitar skills and stuff. I feel, right. I feel like that's been like a legendary thing for like a while. And this is a really cool twist on it for sure. One of the reasons that you love Name of the Wind so much uh, and, a lot, and a lot of people love Name of the Wind so much is that uh, Rothfuss is able to kind of... <laughs> write down with silent words what sounds feels like and sounds like like what what music is doing to somebody you know um it's a really big part of the name of the wind and i think he executes it masterfully and i think uh, reika aoki does a really good job at it here too um it's just kind of expressing not only how something sounds with so many words but the reason why the way it sounds is so important yeah, ties in a lot to like identity and trauma and everything. It's, it's hard a, to do. It's a super good book. Like it got, I think it was one of Barnes and Noble's like books of the year last year. And it totally makes sense. Just it's kind of like with like tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow by Gabrielle Zivin. That was kind of one of those books where I was like, oh, I wonder if this is as good as everyone says it is. And then I read it and I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Whoa. You know, like <laughs> sometimes stuff is like really hyped up and it's like, ah, yeah, okay. Like, well, 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 I don't know. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe I won't. Like it makes sense that some things get really hyped because a lot of people get excited about things, but you don't know. You don't ever know if you personally are going to enjoy something. Like, look at, um, like, Grand Theft Auto. I don't like Grand Theft Auto games. I can't get into them. Oh, really? You know? I love I don't, Grand Theft Auto. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I just like riding the motorcycle fast. I, I, I like driving around and listening to music, but I can do that in, like, literally any other driving game. You know what I mean? Totally. So if they look good. They're, they're fun in small doses, I guess, but I'll, I won't, like, buy a Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah, but a lot of people love them. I've never beaten one, except for the third one, the second one, where you're looking down from the top. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're the like, second uh, one where you're looking rare... down from the top. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's a rare one. Yeah, it's so much fun. I just Googled uh, Nicola Pagini's name to make sure that I got it right. The violinist who was supposedly sold his soul to the devil. And this article was like, his fame slowly turned him into a heavy gambler, drinker, and serial womanizer, which is just first interesting that like, he's kind of like a rock star back in the 1700s, you know? And then a rumor even spread that he murdered a woman, used her intestines as violin strings, and imprisoned her soul within the instrument. And her screams were said to be heard from his violin when he performed <laughs> on stage. <laughs> Like he was like no. a like a Manson or something, you know, yeah. like this old like rock star of like the 1700s. Don't want the kids listening to that violinist. <laughs> See, now that'd be a really cool thing to to do like a like a fantasy type twist on, you know, like historical fiction yeah. type thing. That'd be really oh, cool. Be Somebody awesome. should do that. Yeah, I'm do, really I'm busy should. with my own projects right now. But if anyone's listening that's got the writing bug, you should do it. Do something that would like be awesome. That. Um, I'm also. A little more than halfway through, like two thirds of the way through, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. So maybe you can help me out here. Okay. Matt Matimio? Matt Matimio? Matimeo? Yeah, I think it's Matimeo. It's the third Redwall book. I think it's Matimio. <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it. Maybe I should watch like the old uh, PBS show. There's an old PBS show? Oh, Chad. Oh, listeners. Oh, you don't know? No. There's a Redwall cartoon that came out and it's just wholesome as you could possibly expect it to be. You know, that book was uh, came out the year I was born, 1989. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, I'm reading that right now. I'm just going to pronounce it Matameo for now, if I'm wrong. Good Sorry. Um, but damn, I haven't read a Redwall book in a while. I read... Um, Me neither. See, I've read like Redwall, um, Martin the Warrior, Pearls of Lutra, Salamander Strawn. Like I've read like four or five of them. 
but I had read them all when I was like a teenager or, and I think I read Pearls of Lutra when I was like in my early twenties. So it's been a little bit since I've really sat down and turned through a Redwall book and, uh, oh my God, it is just, it's hitting, it's hitting so hard. Is it, does it withstand the test of time? Cause I read like all of them. I'm pretty sure. Oh my God. It's great. Well, and it's interesting that we had kind of one of our fun facts months ago was that Brian Jock's, uh, Brian Jock, uh, really enjoyed reading to blind people. Oh, that's right. And so it's interesting reading it because that is his his style. I looked it up on Wikipedia and I, I looked on Reddit and stuff and just kind of some other discussions about the way that Brian Jock writes because he's really descriptive. Like, really, really, really descriptive. You taste his food. Yeah, I mean, like, he goes on for a while about what everything looks like, smells like, tastes like, all that stuff. Um, and he was reading to blind people. So it made quite a bit of sense that he would make them so detailed and you know the books are the books are very long for it like he's he takes his time like he is taking there are whole pages of like just people literally describing a food just sitting and eating well you know it's interesting um (laughs) so i'm like i don't know i'm like uh 200 some odd pages into this or maybe more and the first 60 pages of the book are just them preparing for a feast. Yeah. It's just like they're fishing, they're gathering stuff, they're making stuff, they're in and out of the kitchens. And there's other stuff going on, obviously. I just remember the feasts were huge parts of the book. Huge, huge feasts. Yeah. Uh, Reading The Expanse is great, but The Expanse can get a little bit like dark and intense sometimes. Like it's not too bad. It's not even close to the as dark and intense as other things that right. I read. I mean, it's not I read like a horror. happy-go-lucky tale. Not really. I mean, like it gets definitely like kind of existentially uh, deep sometimes, and very um, political, human suffering. Yeah, and it's like very bureaucratic and kind of like that for like a while. Uh, so reading a Redwall book in between there has been pretty nice. That was a solid, solid decision. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'll I'll update everybody on that next week when I finish it, and I'll probably do a whole whole ass TikTok video about it because I'm really into it. And uh, I bought a couple more Redwall books too. <laughs> cool. I bought uh, Mariola of Redwall and The Bellmaker, which I think you're supposed to read uh, together. I'm so excited you're reading one of those. It's been so long since I've read one. It's kind of, I mean, even I'm, a world. I'm kind yeah. of jealous. They're fun. <laughs> yeah, even if you don't finish it, just read it the first part where everybody's just eating because I think that's, yeah, like, right? from my experience, that's really what the first part of every Redwall book is. I'm moving right through uh, Nemesis games as well while we're talking about The Expanse. I'm loving it. Uh, I love the point of view chapters. We're getting to see a whole lot more of the people I've already come to love in this series. It's an excellent read so far. And uh, we should have a recap episode out for everyone by this weekend. So uh, that's if we stay on track with everything, which I think we should be able to do. We are starting the Killing Moon this week as well. We should have an episode out for the first book in the Dream Blood duology next week. And then the second book the week after that. And then we're moving right on to Scythe by Neil Shisterman, which is so cool. So excited for that. Yeah, Man, we have so many things to read. Oh my God. I know. Uh, and then last little update from me. I bought a new microphone and some new lighting equipment for my TikTok videos and for my Instagram reels. You can tell, man. They're really looking good. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like my setup the, that I had, like my lighting, the way my voice sounded in this room. Uh, so I wanted to like kind of increase the quality of my videos. Like I probably won't use the microphone in every single video, but I really like being able to have my vocals stay at the same like controllable level. There's like a gain knob and a volume knob and stuff on the microphone. Do you not use an interface? Just plug straight into my phone. I got a USB microphone, which uh, uses like a MIDI controller type uh, USB. I think it's USB 3.0. Um, oh, okay. But it plugs in and then there's an adapter that it goes from that to a USB 2.0 to a lightning adapter that goes into my phone. So... It's picking up all the audio. Oh, it goes in your phone. Cool. Yeah, and then the gain control is like on the microphone. So I'm still like fiddling with it. I'm still trying to figure out like how far away my face needs to be so it's not really blown out. And I don't want it to sound like too muffled and quiet or anything. Is it a it's a dynamic microphone, right? I have no not idea. Not a condenser? I have no idea. Oh, it's probably dynamic if you get close to it. Uh, do you, with your microphone right now, do you use a um, interface? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, so for cool. the podcast, I use a dynamic microphone in my in my interface. Um, but I didn't want to like run everything through a bunch of different, I, I knew that I totally. could just use a USB microphone with, uh, with my iPhone. I also bought, uh, some led floodlights and some new ring lights and stuff and just trying to like, just make everything look a little bit better. You know what yeah, I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm competing for attention out there, you know? So, uh, good quality stuff. And I mean, obviously like I still like doing like my little shit posts now and then where it's just me like talking into my phone or whatever. And that's what TikTok is for. I feel like it's, it's, yeah. you know, kind of spur of the moment type stuff seems to do really well. Hundreds of thousands of people watching might as well. 
Yeah, I throw some stuff yeah. up there. But what I do, but I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what would be really cool though is if like if if I could really put like three or four hours into like a like a five because I've got ten minute videos now, right? So I can mm-hmm. do like a five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten minute long like why should you read the wheel of time, you know, and like really dig into like the backstory of everything and do like screen recordings of like the show or like Robert Jordan talking and like my voiceover over Great it cuts and stuff. Yeah. Like pictures of the, like overlays of like the map and the different books and things like that. And like really make a good, solid, informative, entertaining video. And I want to do that kind of stuff. Hell yeah. I don't want to make YouTube videos cause I don't have a nice camera. Uh, I don't have like a big, like $700, like DSLR or anything. And <laughs> I should probably move to YouTube so I'd make more money, but, <laughs> but it's uh, like a whole other thing. I'm fine with just posting the podcast episodes and stuff on there. That's totally cool. But yeah, I'm excited about it because uh, I really love making the content. I mean, I've always loved making the content. It's never really felt like a lot of work or like in, in any way, like really a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it is fun. It's just, it's like, I feel more motivated when I know that everybody can hear me. My voice sounds okay. The lighting looks good. It's catchy. It's, mm-hmm. it's got everything it needs on that front. And then I can put more focus into like making the content as entertaining as I can. Totally. Well, I applaud you. Cheers, thank you. In your order of doing things, because a lot of times people be like, I'm going to work out. And then they go and buy like, I'm home gym and there's all this equipment and the proper gear that they're wearing or, uh, you know, or, or if you're going to, I'm going to start a YouTube video and they buy the lights and the sound and a computer and the d- digital audio workstation and get the best of the best. And it's like, man, you're $3,000 deep. You haven't even made a video yeah. yet, you know? And it's like, I feel like you're, you should start with the content and just get it out there, put it yeah. out there, start before you're ready do that. And then once you've earned it, which you clearly definitely have, uh, then do that. So it's fully justified. And I say, good on you. Yeah. I mean, if any of you are listening right now and you're interested in posting stuff on TikTok or posting short form content or hell, even YouTube videos, I don't do YouTube videos, but if you want to start posting stuff about things that you're passionate about, just start doing it. You don't have to look great. Like I look like I just rolled out of bed and had burrito grease smeared all over me like most days, you know, I mean, I try to, uh, and I'm trying now, you know what I mean? But, um, it's it's like it's more because like I've gotten so familiar with the craft at this point that I want to keep improving it in right. the ways that I've learned how to do. But you don't need two hundred dollars worth of stuff to get. You, you need your phone and you need the stuff you're passionate about. And then you'll learn along the way. Like okay, what are the best ways to cut this up? And what are the best like snappiest ways? Like what are the best angles? Totally. You don't even know what you need right now. Right. Like I didn't even know how to write copy before I started doing this, and now I, I had to learn how to write copy right. and like learn how to write words that make more sense than other words. <laughs> Right, and how to script. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I typically don't write anything down before I make my videos. Neither do I. If, if anything, I'll yeah. have like a few bullet points. I, um, for the most part, shoot from the hip. I'll just like edit out anything that sounded dumb, which is usually like half of what I said. Right. I have done teleprompter stuff. I have a, I have a teleprompter app on my phone. Me too. I've never used it though. <laughs> it's really nice sometimes. Like, uh, there's been a few reviews that I've done where I was like, okay, so I'm just going to make like a, a, a well thought out like review for this you know what i mean uh like for like a good example is like uh babble by rf kwong mm. that book is like a it deals with a lot of like really serious topics and stuff so i didn't want to just like shoot from the hip on that and be like ah like colonialism am i right like that sucks you didn't want to babble about it yeah i didn't want to babble about it but so i kind of like gathered my thoughts and thought it through and you know um, and i've done that since with uh, a few other just like reviews you know the actual book reviews that i do but for the other stuff i just kind of wing it yeah the only time that i've done it seriously is like there's been a few videos that i've made that i'm like wow chad how about you find another word to describe something other than fun yeah i say it a lot that was really fun it was really fun which is fine for me to use but not Four times in one video. Oh my god, I've had to I've had to like completely delete an entire video because I said fantastic like seven times. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like watching it over again. And I'm like, Evan, what the hell? Use a different adjective. But yeah, I think um as I move forward and kind of start making some some like kind of more professional stuff, I think I'll probably start using the teleprompter a little more, or at the very least, writing more notes and kind of right. you know what I mean like getting kind of like more of a more of like a descriptive and more informative kind of feel behind the videos so yeah if you're a fan of the stuff that I've been making on Instagram and on uh, TikTok and stuff then you've got more cool content coming your way I took a little break for like a week or so and just kind of like you know just kind of let my content sit there for a little bit and I kind of posted I don't know a couple joke videos or whatever but and sometimes you just gotta sit yeah I knew I had that stuff coming in the mail so uh, yeah gonna keep keep on Chugging along. Uh, what about you? How's your week going? Been having a pretty uh, good week. As everyone knows, we've been 
reading the expanse so finished Sabola and then started nemesis is that what it's called nemesis games yeah nemesis games that's right yeah i have high hopes for this one you know because Sabola, if you've listened to our episode on that one you know it was it was good but it was my least favorite in the series so far and so i hope that this one kind of takes us to some new places literally again and and also figuratively in the story i kind of want to get back to its roots a little bit so i hope that we're getting that from this one finish the sort of kaigen which loved as you said it was vivid full of excitement and adventure and and bold so that was great. I finished Immortal by R.J. Gilmore. And that's the one that I was telling you about, about the vampire that comes back into the world. And Oh, yeah, that ridiculous story. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, like you can tell it's the first book that he's written. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just you can kind of tell that he's, let's see, how do I, how do I say this without making it sound insulting? Because it's, I don't mean it in a negative way. It's just like you can tell that he's fresh to this and he's like really excited. And in a story like, yeah changes a lot which is fun and like i don't know i feel like it's a it's definitely a very good read i would recommend it i'm sure you can probably buy it on amazon because i know that he's self-published what was the name of it it's called immortal by rj gilmore really cool. nice guy if you want to read a fun uh like sci-fi kind of fantasy mixture with vampires i would recommend it and then uh i started i'm not super far into it but i started the book of azrael by our good friend amber nicole oh cool Hell yeah. I'm going to read everyone the back of it. Yeah, do it. Very short. It says, For a thousand years after the God's War, the Aether world has known peace. But soon, that too will change. An old enemy, driven by revenge, slowly builds an army behind the scenes. Temples are being ransacked in search of an item long lost. And enemies, since the dawn of time, must put aside their differences if they have any hope for survival. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's super awesome. Like I said, I'm only like a chapter in. Uh, but the writing's really good. Amber, if you're listening to this you kill it i really like amber she and i have been friends on instagram for a while now i just hit her up one day and just sent her a message and i was like hey i don't know if you know this but well like we're best friends now and you love me so much that you're gonna send me a copy of your book and you're gonna <laughs> sign it <laughs> and she was like yeah didn't you know that we were friends like a long time ago like kind of late to the scene here <laughs> and then sent me a copy of her book and we've been friends uh, ever since and uh, occasionally she'll start like a group message with evan and i and then give us like a live play-by-play while she's listening to our podcast, which is always just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. She did that for the um, House of the Dragon episodes. Oh, the House of the Dragon ones. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of cool to see it from the listener's perspective. Have her be like laughing along. I just love that. It was really nice of her to do it and uh, really sweet. So yeah, very fun to read. I'm really excited to like finish that and to tell everyone about it because it's going to be rad and fun. I can tell. Yeah, I mean, like, why why have a podcast that reaches so many people without plugging some books from your friends? And exactly, I've got another one here called uh, "What Remains of Us in the End" by Brandon Baker. Some of you Ooh. might follow him on TikTok. He's a very very good creator. Uh, he reads he reads more books than a, probably anybody that I've seen on that app. A lot of people read a lot of books on that app, but yeah, Brandon Baker, uh, go check out "Whatever Remains of Us in the End" because. Uh, it's, a, it's really short. It's like 150 pages long. I'm, uh, I'm going to put it in my phone. Can you give me the title one more time? Yeah, yeah. Whatever remains of us in the end. <laughs> it's like if somebody reads <laughs> like 10,000 horror novels, I mean, they're probably going to write something pretty cool. Maybe not, but probably, you know. Totally. Is it a horror novel? Yeah. Yeah. It's got a, nice. it's a, really, it's got a really cool like creepy old house on the, on the front cover. Ooh. Can I see yeah. it again? Put it up. Yeah, I love a creepy old house. Oh, that's a cool cover. Yeah, yeah. It always impresses me. Like one of the things that impresses me most most about some of these um, self published authors is the cover art is so dang good. Like look yeah. at the book of Azrael. Yeah, I have a copy of it. It's really really good cover. Yeah, it's yeah. like really pretty. It's got a skull, and the skull's wearing like a crown, and it's got all these like swirling kind of vines and a dagger, and it's just really well and artfully done. Covers are important. They really are. Like I, I that that saying like don't judge a book by its cover. Like I understand it in essence, you know, it's a nice message, but I'm doing it. I don't care. Like I judge the book by its cover, right. and I, like we all do it. Yeah, I've been wrong. I'm not saying like my judgment is infallible or anything. Lots of books have like crappy like look at a, like a game of thrones like the the really popular like blue cover with like the sword on it and stuff it's i think so that's boring. a horrendous cover for one yeah. of the best fantasy books ever written like the old cover looks really cool with like john snow and like the raven and stuff or whatever mm -hmm. that, that looks great uh but yeah like those are those are bad there's some old tolkien books too that just have like a hill like a, like a, with trees on it yeah. it's like wow it's so boring you know uh, and you know it's like yeah okay don't judge the book by its cover but when you've only seen the cover when it's the only data point that you have 
to judge by? Then, like, how are you supposed to judge by? Yeah, anything it's like what's going to make you pick stuff up off the shelf at the store? You know, totally. Like, uh, I was in a, I did a live a little bit ago, and somebody asked me um, about Priory of the Orange Tree because it's it's a massive, like, yellow and orange book with blue lettering. It's huge. And somebody asked me, and I hadn't really thought about it before, but somebody said, do you think that they made it that big on purpose? Like, Because they didn't need to. The margins on that book are ridiculously big. Mm -hmm. Even Samantha Shannon put out a video, and she was like, the margins on this are so big. <laughs> like yeah. they're, It's a really big book. Um, it's like one of the biggest paperback books you'll find, you know, besides maybe like the Stormlight books or, or whatever. But the word count in... The Priory of the Orange Tree, it's pretty pretty low. I mean, it's not, I think it's like uh, 268,000 words or something like that, which is... Oh, I would have assumed it was a lot more. Yeah, it comes out to about like a 600-page book with like the average amount of words on the page. Why did they you know? do that? But they make it so I big. Think. So I've got like a, now I've got like a conspiracy theory. Like, I know, if it was a guy who wrote it, I'd be like compensating for something. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but I think maybe it was, it was 225,000 words. Wow. That's like nothing. I mean, it's not that big for reference, just for everybody listening for reference, uh, a game of Thrones by George R. R. Martin is 298,000 words. That's more. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And you could fit like four of those books. <laughs> like, well, maybe not that many, but <laughs> like the Priory, I don't know, mine's pretty small. Priory is, is pretty huge. And, uh, I, I was thinking like maybe the publisher was like, let's just try something real quick. Let's just try to make it like massive. And right. really orange. It is a good way of separating it physically than its other books. So it's tight. Huh. You see it. It's just like those, uh, like the new, like the Akatar books. Like they're bright red, green, purple. You know that they, they really stick yeah. out on the shelf. Uh, they they don't blend in like everything else. So. I never thought about that. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's just like if you're trying to sell like ice cream at the grocery right. store. Like you don't want your ice cream brand to look like everything else. You're gonna make it pop. You got to make it pop. Totally. And then YouTube titles, they take one word that's the most important and exciting and capitalize it sort of thing, you know? I know. Wasn't it you that was telling me you really like watching like scientific like YouTube videos, but every now and then it'll be like, it'll be like all caps, like the way the planet will turn itself inside out or something. It's like not even about that, like at all. (laughs) It's like barely about (laughs) every one of them. The one the other day was like, like what scientists discovered on Mars is terrifying the scientific community. And it was about like string theory and like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't even about at no point where they're like, and this is really scaring the scientific community. Like it had nothing to do with that. It was a very good video and interesting, but the title is like most fallacious, salacious, 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 salacious. Uh, I have another theory. I think that the history channel was the precursor, the, the ancestor, if you will, to like Buzzfeed type, like, uh, like hookish, like content like that. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Okay. So like the History Channel, this, all right, we're going off way into the weeds here, but like the History Channel used to be about history, right? And I'm not saying that in like a curmudgeon like I remember back in my day, all they would cover they like the, ancient aliens. But then they started doing the stuff that people were really into, which was like ancient aliens and like which is awesome, by the way, like South Park made fun of it. They were like, they did like a whole like ancient aliens Thanksgiving special and stuff right. like, oh, there's no proof that aliens weren't at the thanks, the first Thanksgiving, which is basically what that whole show is. It's like they bring on these like quote unquote experts that are just like, we've never seen any reason why there wouldn't right. be They'd like ancient alien theorists think that you're like ancient alien <laughs> theorists. What is that? That's like a show writer. I'm pretty sure that's a show writer <laughs> but i think that was like the precursor like I, th- I feel like because it's it's impossible not to watch it like if if like my brother really loves ancient aliens and i was i used to like walk in the room while he was watching it and i was just like sit down it didn't matter what i what i had going on it's just like i saw it on the screen and then you got gotta keep watching it because of the way that they type everything out and like uh say things on the show they're just like next up we're talking about the pyramids could be batteries what were they powering? And you're like, what the hell were they powering? And you're it's like, like you're so far removed <laughs> from anything that was actually really true because they're just they're ancient alien theorists, theorists. theorizing. <laughs> but it's it makes so for funny. good TV. And then same thing with like you know these YouTube channels and uh, like BuzzFeed articles and just like all this stuff that's just kind of like, oh man, wouldn't it be wild if the Sphinx was actually a real lion that was entombed in stone or something. Oh, real lion. Like, there's just no basis for it at all. But like right. I guess you can write it because it'll it's a it's an article, you know? Like why right. not? Okay, I've uh, figured this out here. Fallacious is based on a mistaken <laughs> belief. 
a fallacious argument. Salacious is uh, having an excessive interest in sex. So erotic body or mood. So good thing that I figured out the difference there. I would have thought fallacious would have been it. But right, because fallacious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I need to say it. Everyone gets it. Okay. (laughs) So move on. Move on with your week. We're out of the weeds. All right. We're back on track. Um, Let's see here. I think that's it as far as reading. Oh, I mean, I started the. I started the Dream Blood, which is awesome. Um, though I'm not far into it. Oh, I didn't know you got got, got going on that. Yeah, because we need to read the Spear Cuts Through Water uh, as well. It's supposed to be awesome. That's the next Patreon book that we're doing. Is the Spear Cuts Through Water, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, Simon, okay, he cool. met it. It's the one about like uh, it's like these. I think it's two people uh, escorting like a god through like this dangerous area oh, uh, or something like that. Yeah, the premise sounds really cool. Well, that's pretty much it as far as what I've been reading, and I I feel bad even though it's like this. It's like five books that I've been reading, you know, Yeah, Um, but it's like there's so many books that I want to read. I did get to watch a few fun things this week. Uh, Not a ton, but a little bit that I want to mention here. Uh, There was this kind of Netflix dystopian movie that I watched called Space Sweepers. Sometimes I don't even know if you're like making stuff up. Yeah, I could. I could be. No, I'm not. I have this theory that like the kind of the Eastern countries like korea vietnam they've they're coming up with awesome movies but they're in the stage of movie making of like 80s 90s action movies but, but with amazing technology with and amazing abilities technology <laughs> and like yeah, directorial sense and acting and like everything it's like it's like they're so pretty no i know it's like i know what you mean because i feel like um like these korean movies are like what the people in the 80s and 90s were trying to make, but they didn't exactly. have their resources. And then exactly. Korea's like, we're going to make those, but like 10 times better. And they totally have. That's They're awesome. awesome. <laughs> there are movies that will never win an award. You're never going to hear about the Academy Awards or anything, I bet. But like, Parasite won an award. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Parasite won the, the Oscar. It's, it's an amazing movie. It's wow, really, really. Seen Parasite. What? You never no. seen Parasite? No. Check, go watch Parasite. That movie is amazing. It's, is it a scary movie? What's it about? It's not really scary. It's, it turns on you. That's for sure. Um, okay. But, uh, it's about like a family uh, living in Korea. I think they're living in Seoul. I could be wrong. Um, but they're living in, Korea, in South Korea. And uh, they're, they're very much living in poverty, you know. Uh, and they, they're like folding up pizza boxes for a job, you know, as like a family, you know. It's not going great. And then they kind of like scam their way into making money, you know. But then okay. like. That turns out to be like this whole other thing too. You, you just got to watch it. I don't know. I, okay. I can't spoil it for you, but it's very, it's like, it's gotta be like one of the best movies I've seen in like the last few years. It's awesome. Oh, wow. Like, and I'm wow. sure a lot of people listening would totally agree. It's, it's great. It's really good. Oh, I'm checking that out. I just went into my phone at the top of my list. Um, so sorry, go, go ahead about the other movie you were watching. Sorry. Okay. I, I okay. Totally well, on, on my theory here, if you're just like one, if you've been avoiding watching of these, cause you don't like reading the subtitles or anything, which let me tell you, don't do the voiceover dubs. It's not, Why not? Just do the, just read the subtitles. You're, you can read. You're listening to a reading book podcast, so I'm yeah, quite yeah, certain that you can. <laughs> They're awesome movie, And some of them are... The action scenes are incredibly cool. Uh, and Space Sweepers is just fun. It's like dystopian Earth. The planet is destroyed. There's still a couple billion people living there, but all the rich, anybody who's anyone in this society, has moved out to this like really nice, clean, like domed thing that orbits the Earth that is like a parks and really nice. Uh, and then there's like a couple other places that the lesser kind of like mid rank, mid class people yeah. can live at that are basically just like little mini coruscants that orbit the earth and they oh. look awesome. It's just fun. The bad guy is ridiculous and super dumb. bad. It's super bad. <laughs> cool. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to destroy. Just, he's trying to kill. He tries to kill everyone on earth so he can force everyone to move out to his new like utopia land on Mars, you know, <laughs> and he like needs to kill everyone on earth because like. It'll incentivize everyone. There's nothing left here, sort of thing, you know. Jeez. But it's really fun, uh, and I would enjoy. I see it fun. I use it way too often. Isn't that the plot of that movie Elysium with Matt yeah, Damon? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay, cool. cool. It's that pretty much sucked. just like Elysium. <laughs> that movie sucked. <laughs> that movie did suck. This movie's better. I always got Elysium mixed up with Edge of Tomorrow, which is dumb because Edge of Tomorrow is great. It's a really good movie. That's the, uh, the that's Tom the one Cruise with Chris Pratt, right? No, no, no. That's the Tom Cruise Emily Blunt movie where Tom. It's uh, based off of a manga called All You Need Is Kill, and it's like Tom Cruise and I think it's Emily Blunt uh, where like Tom Cruise like keeps resetting like every time he dies. That's right. Uh, the movie's great. I like, get that really movie good. confused with Oblivion, which is also too. really yeah. good. Which I and also Oblivion... get a, which I also get confused with Elysium. 
<laughs> yeah, those are very, all like the same movie in my head. Oblivion is rad. I lo- I just watched it like three weeks ago. It is an awesome movie. I don't think I've seen it. Hey, oh, dude, you you should you should watch it. It's really really good. It messes with your brain. Like after a while, you're like, what is going on? I don't know what to believe. It's very <laughs> well done, but it's also like kind of a silly action movie and mixed in too. It's really fun. Chad again, fun. I use fun way too often. <laughs> That's not why I said Chad, uh, oh. but Chad. And while we're talking about action movies towards the end of our podcast here, I forgot to mention on the podcast and to you that I showed uh, Effie, my girlfriend Effie, had never seen Armageddon, the 1998 oh. Michael Bay smash oh, hit, the, the nuclear the war smash hit <laughs> blockbuster movie. And I hadn't seen it for a really long time. And I was like, you got to watch this movie. It's so awesome. And it kind of holds up. Like, it, Does it? it? It's got like Steve Buscemi, right? Yeah, it's got Owen Wilson's in it. uh, Michael Michael Clark Duncan's in it. uh, Like Billy Bob Thornton. Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler is in it. Liv Uh, Tyler. Yeah, I mean, it's a. That is not a a Liv Tyler like movie. No, no, she crushes it. It's great. Uh, Like all the acting's good. Uh, I mean, it's just, you know, it's like Michael Bay. I like Michael Bay just fine. I know what he is. I know what he does. Things are going to explode. The girls are going to be wearing like not very much. Yeah, he does like a lot of like those kind of like sweeping like Spielberg type angles too, and it's always got like those flyover drone shots. Yeah, and like the the army always shows up, and it's just like bum 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 bum. It's just like the same music like every time. But you know, I mean, I like Transformers just fine. I like the island. He's he made some cool movies, but like Pearl Harbor is not great. I love Pearl Harbor. I was just gonna say Pearl Harbor is all right. I love Pearl Harbor. So long, man. So long. But it's like no other, um, you know, Tora, Tora, Tora is not, maybe they do throw in the do little raid. Actually, I think they do. Actually. Yeah, they do. Yeah. That's like a, a big part of it. And the, towards the end. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about Tora, Tora, Tora. Oh, yeah. Um, which was the like Pearl Harbor from 50 years ago or something. I think that, <laughs> I think that with Pearl Harbor, I thought it was like, all right, so we're going to take a national tragedy and we're going <laughs> to, we're going to throw a romance in there. And it's like, I feel like you could take, you could do that with Titanic. Maybe not with Pearl Harbor. <laughs> like yeah, maybe went, I, I totally like, get what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. And it's kind of a like, like messed up love story too. Yeah, like we thought you were dead. It's like we I thought mean, you were dead, Rave. <laughs> you're my best friend. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's an odd movie. Maybe I should rewatch it. Anyway, uh, yeah, we showed, we showed really her Armageddon. It. it was cool. I'm glad I watched it again. But uh, yeah, that movie's like, poof. It's it's a lot. It's just yeah, yeah. There's just so many things explode in that movie. <laughs> And, but Straight it's up. funny though, because like some things don't explode when they, you know what I mean? Like, like, uh, like in the beginning of the movie, when there's like that initial kind of like meteor, meteor shower strike in New York, you know, mm-hmm. it's like these meteors are like slamming it. It's like if any of those things were like the size of like a car, it would like completely ruin like whole like, like, city blocks. Like, yeah. I mean, like, and it's just like goes like through the ground and everybody's <laughs> like people die, but it's like, ah, ah it's like a hole it's in the ground. Now. And it's like, that's not really how meteorites work. No, <laughs> it was like shockwave com- alone. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I mean, it's, it's a very kind of funny thing with um, at least that movie in particular, just the, where the action is placed and like where the explosions are placed and like where they're not, you know, or like what they decide to blow up and what they don't. You're like, that seems like that should also be blowing up though. Yeah. Uh, and then apparently, I know this is an Easter egg or a, like a behind the scenes thing that maybe a lot of people know about with Armageddon, but I had just read about it. But apparently, um, like Ben Affleck on the set while they were filming went up to Michael Bay and he was like, hey, so why are we training people that drill to be astronauts? Like, why wouldn't they just train astronauts how to drill? And then like Michael Bay told him to go fuck himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. I didn't hire you for logic, Ben Affleck. I hired you for those pearly white teeth. Like, get your ass back on the you know, set. The pool. There were so many more drillers to pull from. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. I'm glad to hear that it stands uh, the test of time because there are some movies yeah, that do not right. looking at you, boondock saints. So uh, yeah, that yeah, it does weird. not withstand the test of time. Uh, the only other thing that I have here is I watched the gray man, which is just a kind of starts off like a Jason Bourne sort of thing, you know? And then about halfway through, they're like, this is way too much like Jason Bourne. Uh, we're going to make it crazy action. And it just goes off the chain with uh crazy action. And it's like the plot armoryist of plot armor, you know, one guy up against 40 armored, guys with assault rifles and this guy's got a knife and he like wins you know is that the one with ryan reynolds and yeah Ryan Reynolds and, and chris okay. evans 
plays the bad guy. And this bad guy, he is dripping in evil and reveling in evil. He's doing bad things just for the sake of being bad. Like he doesn't even offer any sort of like flimsy justification of like, from my perspective, I'm the good guy. No, there's none of that. He's like, I'm bad. I love being bad. I'm going to keep being bad. He does it really well. I mean, I don't know. I feel like once you play Captain America for like eight movies, like, I don't know if you can really do the villain thing. Chris Evans. I know. Like, I thought it was going to be hard for him to turn around, but not. Nah, he's just, he did it. Oh. Bad. I mean, he's not a dynamic villain. But he is a villain. He does it really well. That movie, uh, Sunshine, with uh, Killian Murphy. Uh, Chris Evans is in that too, and I think it was before he was Captain America. And he's not—he's not really the bad guy, but he's kind of like you could call him a sort of antagonist in a way. But then he kind of there's like a redemption arc there and stuff too. But like I always like after watching Captain America, that was like getting to the sun. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good. Movie. That's a great movie too. Like they're restarting it. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like a silly premise, but it's also—I mean it's a really really beautiful really good movie i think it's the same yeah. person that directed uh, 28 days later okay yeah i'm remembering that movie now i like that a lot there was a period of time where they came out with a whole bunch of movies like that like i remember there was one that we had to go to the center of the earth and, and blow off a nuke to restart it that, from that movie's garbage yeah it was terrible <laughs> so what was bad. that called i don't think a journey to the center of the earth no, it's maybe? called the core they were oh, making the core. they That's were right. trying they were making a journey to the center of the earth movie there's something about like the rights to it or like they Though they didn't have enough money for it or something like I can't remember or or no they found out like another studio was making one or something so they were like all right so we just got to turn this into like a disaster movie I guess okay I'll be out real quick before we go to the fictional fun fact uh, Sunshine is directed by Danny Boyle who did uh, Twenty Eight Days Later so yeah if you like Twenty Eight oh, Days okay. Later and you like that style um, yeah that's a really good movie it's, a, it's like I love a, the Twenty Eight Days Later movies oh uh, yeah uh, let's do the fictional fun fact we've been talking about movies forever let's do it. At age 10, Brian Jacques, author of the Redwall series, was assigned to write an animal story. He wrote about a bird that cleaned a crocodile's teeth. His teacher could not believe that a 10-year-old wrote it and caned the boy for refusing to admit copying the story because it was so good. Oh my god, that's like the saddest thing ever. What the I hell? know, he got caned. <laughs> Wait, so it was a bird that cleaned a crocodile's teeth? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, I didn't take the time to read the story. Uh, I don't know if but, I could uh, even find it. The premise was that he cleaned the crocodile's teeth. Yeah, they had some sort of um, symbiotic relationship, you know. <laughs> so I've I have a couple thoughts on that. So either that's a really bad teacher and he hasn't read a, that much, or that story was incredible. Because I mean, the premise sounds like it came from a ten-year-old, right? Like, totally, <laughs> it's a bird that cleans a crocodile. He it wasn't. It's not like Brian Jocks was like, "All right, I'm writing about the French Revolution." Like, what? <laughs> How hard would that have been? Yeah, I mean, it probably had like. It was probably like an analogy for some like deeper thing. She's like, a 10-year-old could pros- not possibly understand this, you know? Sounds like maybe uh, he had been accused of copying it from, like, it was another story that had already been written by an adult for kids, and he copied a kid's story as his, okay, I, that's making more sense, actually. But damn, yeah, I don't know. Brian Jock just uh, has it in him. He likes writing stories about little animals. What a good guy, you know? He writes great stories. He's like reading to the blind. You know, he like delivered milk to the blind school in Liverpool. Yeah, he's like the Mr. Rogers of writers. Oh, yeah, I have a, another little fun fact about Brian Jock, actually, while we're at it, uh, that I had read on Wikipedia. Apparently, his teacher, his English teacher when he was a lot older, not the one that caned him, I think, but his English teacher that was a lot older, uh, also taught Paul McCartney and John Lennon. So, because they're all from Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> Yeah, small world. That is small. Is Brian Jock, he's still alive, right? Uh, no, he died in 2011, I think. Oh, man. And the world is worse for it. He was born in 1939. Wow, really, 22 really. Redwall books. Jeez, 22 Louise. of them. Yeah, and apparently wow. uh, the only last like couple of them aren't great. Like, uh, If you go to like the Redwall subreddit, uh, people mostly seem to think like the last couple of them were like definitely... His worst work. Something was up. Like he he wasn't doing great. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. many stories can about animals? Could <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like I looked up the plot synopsis of the last one that he wrote just for fun, and I was just like, "Yep, this seems like what? it's yeah, <laughs> pretty much <laughs> like it's like everything's going great until this 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 damn stoat comes along and wants that to ruin it for stoat. everybody. You know, it's <laughs> ah this this weasel this There's weasel rat. just wants to, <laughs> a rat wants to come kill everybody in this poor abbey or this but you poor know what? forest or someone's whatever someone's whose legacy is making children smile and learn about life and yeah. uh, and love reading man you can't fault them for too much absolutely not and, and i've only like i said at the top of the episode i've only read a few of the redwall books i'm sure that a lot of them aren't 
I I just have. Well, I mean, Martin the Warrior was definitely like a different structure, like a different thing going for sure. Yeah, the ending is super sad. Yeah, Um, but uh, the ones that I have read, like uh, like there there are definitely some. Like I feel like Pearls of Lutra and Metameo and Redwall. At least those ones that I've read seem pretty samey. Uh, but I know mm-hmm. that they go on like various different adventures in different areas, and it's not all just like everyone's at the abbey, everybody's eating. There's a weasel that wants to kill everybody, and they defend right. the abbey. And I know it's not all of them. You know, I, that's I think that's why I gravitated towards the ones about with with the badgers and the hares because they like live in the mountain, yeah. and um, the the badgers are like kings, and then the hares are like their subjects, and they all live really happy in this like cool society. And the rabbits are really good fighters. I remember because they can yeah. back really far, you know, so they're jumping around and fighting. I just like love those battle scenes. Yeah, I know that like I think the long patrol is the is one of the ones about the rabbits. Yeah. And it's like mostly centered on the rabbits. And I think, I, a, I think a lot of people. Hairs. I think I should get Oh, that yeah. One. Hairs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that uh, a lot of people seem to like the long patrol a lot. Hmm. And then I think Outcast of Redwall. No, no, no. Uh, the Bellmaker and uh, Muriel of Redwall, I think, are Badger books as well. It's amazing the knowledge you have for only having read like three or four of them. I'm always impressed by your brain's ability to remember things. Once I start reading something, I just start diving into like all as much like spoiler free research as I possibly can about stuff. Say one thing for Evan Lycum. <laughs> He's got the lore. I mean, that's why I'm such a pain in the ass to watch movies with because I have to like constantly pause it and go look stuff up because I just I I can't watch the movie if I don't know like what their horoscope is like you know I, I don't know <laughs> like horoscope. what I don't know I don't know what Killian Murphy's zodiac sign is and what if I meet him like what are we gonna talk about you know? know so we gotta <laughs> I mean I feel like I would be really frustrated if we were watching a movie that I was like critically acclaimed like the next Star Wars or something because I would yeah, want to just soak yeah. into that but for every other movie it's like I find that stuff kind of adds value to it and if I'm watching a movie with my friends it's not so I can have a silent movie time it's yeah, so i can like chill yeah. with my buddies you know i remember like watching dune with effie and i was like and she kept i mean she had never read I the book. told you to shut up bringing that one too that's so epic. yeah i mean like i felt bad because i was just kind of like i want to watch this movie i want to see it we had a yeah. there had to be a quite a few little conversations while it was happening that was just like well what the hell is that in the theater no we missed the th- we missed the uh the movie because oh. yeah we had to watch it at home but you know uh there were like a few different parts where i had to pause it and be like okay so the Ben the right yeah, this whole thing and like right. uh, communicate everything <laughs> the way that they made that movie obviously they did a pretty good job of kind of communicating what everything meant but there's still some stuff that's like what the hell is that because there's just totally. so much in that movie but when I was watching it I was like uh, I don't want to pause this please like I don't want <laughs> I need this this whole experience they didn't really explain their armor very well where it's like the you can do suits. things slowly but it stops this oh you mean like the shields yeah the shields they, I, like I had a bunch of questions fortunately my roommate's pretty knowledgeable about the world and so I kept like whispering to him like hey how's this working yeah. <laughs> and Sam was probably like dude please <laughs> I've been yeah, waiting for this probably but he answered my questions oh yeah I think the new, the new Dune movie comes out later this year oh hell yeah dude I love that movie I'm really excited for that all right, I think that's going to do it for us today, everybody. We're at about an hour here and a nice, juicy, long episode where we uh, talked about everything we had going on this week. And I want to go read uh, either some Redwall or The Expanse. I don't know yet. Mm, I don't know yet. Me too. But it's definitely going to happen. I want to read a Redwall book. I think I have Pearls of Lutra somewhere. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. But I think I need to read The Expanse. I don't want, uh, I'm going to go catch up on what everybody's doing there. But everybody, thank you so much do for it. listening to this episode and having us be a part of your Monday morning or whatever day you're listening to this on. It could be months in the future. We have no idea. But, but we appreciate it nonetheless. Yep, you are the best. Really appreciate you being here. Uh, definitely go check out our Discord if you want to get into any of the conversations on there. We have a Patreon with all kinds of different exclusive stuff on there. We'll see you next week on the Monday Morning Minute and on other episodes that we put out this week as well. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.